Welcome to the Sharp 600, brought to you by Covers.com. I'm Rob Cressy, and I'm super excited to be jamming with you. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet America. Right now, they're running a promotion where they're offering new players a risk-free bet up to $1,000. All you've got to do is register for a Bet America account and opt into the promotion. From there, place a bet, and if the first settled bet loses, Bet America will reward players bonus funds in the amount of the losing bet up to $1,000. Eligibility and restrictions apply. See the website for details. And joining me on today's show to talk about the New Year's Day bowl games is Max Meyer, gambling producer for Sports Illustrated. But first, we're launching into the best days of the college football bowl season. Between Monday, December 30th, and Wednesday, January 1st, we have action starting at noon every day, going through the night. Just like with NFL Week 17, I plan on getting a little loose with my bets in the name of action and entertainment. That means I'll be renting a lot more movies because it's not possible to have a game going on at 3 p.m. and me not have action on it. It also means I'm gonna need to be smarter with my bankroll because for some of these games, they'll be a lot more fun than me using my ultra sharp sports betting mindset skills. I also gotta make sure that I still have money left in the bank for NFL playoffs. And there's something that I want you to keep an eye on while these games are going on, and that's the live betting lines, because there's a ton of opportunity there. One example that stands out to me most recently, Clemson versus Ohio State. Ohio State's up 16-0, and they are steamrolling. And this is coming off the heels of the LSU blowout loss. So everyone's like, oh, man, here we go again. When this happens, sometimes you need to check yourself. Slow down and think rationally for a minute. Some programs or teams get a benefit of the doubt. Clemson certainly is one of them because think about the expectations going into the game and for the season. And that's where the opportunity was. This is something that I'm going to be jamming about with Max a little bit more because he has great experience on this. But what I want you to do is be on the lookout for these opportunities the next few days because they will pop up. Maybe it'll be on the spread. Maybe it'll be on the total. Either way, this is where you can be sharper and get more of an edge. And throughout the games, I'll be tweeting any live spreads that I see that stand out to me. So hit me up on Twitter, at Rob Cressy, and let me know if you end up getting action down on any of them. I'm a man. I'm 40. Before we get to the games, from our friends at Covers Experts, here's an exclusive offer for the Sharp 600 listeners only. Get 25% off any Covers Experts product when you use promo code SHARP25. Take advantage of this limited time offer. Save a little money and follow the pros all the way to the bank. Again, that's Sharp 25 for 25% off any product. If you smell what the rock is cooking. Joining me to help you be a more informed better for the college football New Year's Day bowl games is Max Meyer, gambling producer for Sports Illustrated. You can follow him on Twitter, at the Max Meyer. Max, great to have you back on the show. 
I'm excited to be here. And, and I mean, New Year's Day is, is one of the best days of the sports calendar with all the bowl games. And I'm excited to go over them with you. Amen to that. And in the opening of the podcast, I talked about the opportunity that live betting presents. And you recently had two great examples of how you capitalized on live betting. One, taking the under in the Peach Bowl at 97 and a half. Holy smokes, Batman. And then the second one being taking Clemson plus 11 and a half. So take us into your mindset a little bit on you placing these bets because I really think there's huge opportunities here. Absolutely. And for Peach Bowl, so I took it when it was clear that LSU uh, was going to basically not play their starters the whole game. So I, I took it, it was right before halftime. And I figured that the half, the second half line would be a little lower than what I got it at live if there was no more scoring, which was a bit of a risk, but I didn't think that um, there would be any more scoring in the first half. And sure enough, I got a point of value, which I, I guess might not sound like much since it was 97 and a half, but I, I was glad with it. And I just figured that the scoring, that there would be longer drives. There wouldn't be as many explosive plays in the second half. And that play won. And so, and sure enough, I mean, Joe Burrow didn't play um, pretty much the fourth quarter, if I recall. And Oklahoma, I mean, they, they got their points, but it, it, the drives were longer. And so there weren't as many scoring opportunities for either team. And so that's why the undercash there. And then for the Fiesta Bowl, I mean, there wasn't anything going right for Clemson at the beginning of the game, and they were really fortunate to be only down 16 nothing. But I just felt that it was a, a good buy-low opportunity for Clemson, and I, I just didn't think that for as bad as they looked that they were a double-digit points worse than Ohio State. And, and especially with the injuries, um, I mean, J.K. Dobbins was hurt, and so I thought that that would play a factor. And I guess also with Clemson's decision-making, Dabo was really conservative at the beginning of the game, like punting on like fourth and one or punting in Ohio State territory. And I figured down 16-0 that he'd be more aggressive. And with all the talent that Clemson had on offense, I figured that would be a risk worth taking. I love it. So when you're watching a game, are you actively monitoring the live betting lines or is it more situational where – for me, I'm always looking whenever a team like I was on Clemson laying two. So when they go down 16 nothing, I'm always checking those lines to see, all right, is there a better money line where all of a sudden you can get Clemson plus 300 or something? So what's your process look like? Yeah, no, I definitely look at um, the lines uh, through all throughout the game. Uh, if I actually have a pregame bet uh, going on before, usually what I like to do if I want to double down live is I wait – until so you had Clemson too so I would wait like uh, until there's a seven and a half point difference just because I don't want to get burned twice but if um if it's like the same scoring differential and so if I if I'm wrong like I want to be really wrong and it's and it's a blowout like I don't want like if it was Clemson two and I got Clemson live at like plus two and a half I don't want to lose both bets on Ohio State uh, if they if they win by a field goal. So I want there to be a big enough difference in order for me to attack live. Um, and then, yeah, so I, I'm looking always, I use William Hill. And so I always look at the app in game. And then another um, one that I like to do, and this was this, um, actually one that I did for the Clemson game, 
if a team gets the ball with like three, four minutes left in the half, and then they're also getting the ball back in the second half to kick it off, which is what Clemson had in that situation, I thought that getting um, double digits with them was like the best time possible. And so you kind of want to buy as low as you can, but also just make sure that there that there's a good opportunity um, that you can, you know, make a worthwhile investment. Awesome. Love the insight. So let's get to the bowl games and let's start with the Outback Bowl. We've got Auburn seven point favorites taking on row the boat in Minnesota over under 53 and a half. And I'm sort of conflicted in this game because I want to root for Minnesota because I like PJ Fleck. I like the narrative. The problem is Minnesota's kind of been sputtering at the end of the gate here. You look at Auburn, their losses were just Florida, LSU, and Georgia. And another thing to add to this, Auburn went 8-2 and two against the spread against bowl teams, Minnesota, just 2-4. and four. So it looks like Auburn is the better side on this, but I want to root for Minnesota, so I'm curious on your thoughts. Yeah, for me, it's it's Auburn or no play. Like I, I don't have a strong feel for this game either, but I, I've just been really impressed with Auburn throughout the entire season. And even though true freshman quarterback Bo Nix has definitely had his struggles, I mean, the defense is legit. And I really like Gus Malzahn. And, and like you were saying with Minnesota, I just felt like they peaked after, uh, with the Penn State win, and then after that they've really fallen flat. But even at the beginning of the season, Minnesota really struggled against like lackluster teams and I think that we saw them overvalued in the market especially after the Penn State win and so that's why they've been struggling of late I mean they do have outstanding weapons but it's not like Auburn hasn't seen outstanding weapons before I mean just last game they played the the best receiving core in the country in Alabama and so as good as like Tyler Johnson is uh, from Minnesota I mean Auburn has faced elite skill position talent and so I think that they should have no problem shutting down Minnesota. Now, I mean, the line is at seven. And so I think that it's a fair line. I don't see value either way. But if I if I had to pick a side, it'd be Auburn. Yeah, and for me, I think this will be a live betting game for me. So I'm not going to have action right out the gate. But I'm going to see what happens because this is an opportunity for a marquee win for Minnesota. So when you're looking at motivation factor, I mean, this is their Super Bowl right here. But like you said, I'm not exactly feeling one way or another. So let's move on to the Citrus Bowl. We've got Alabama laying seven, taking on Michigan over under 58 and a half. And for Alabama, they've got some guys sitting out. We've got no two. Uh, Mac Jones is in at quarterback. And Michigan coming off a blowout loss of Ohio State. And, and when doing research for some of these games, it was so long ago that some of these teams played. And we forget what happened there. Uh, looking on this season, Alabama just 6-6 six and six against the spread. Michigan just 7-5. and five, But Michigan is 5-1 and one against the spread. Their last six. Uh, here's an interesting nugget about the Citrus Bowl. The outright winner in this game is 18-0 against the spread in the last 18 matchups. So if we were going to keep that true, all you've got to do is pick the winner of this game. What are your thoughts? <laughs> That's a really impressive stat. So for this one, I'm actually not even looking at the side. I, I actually like the total in this one. And unfortunately, it, it's, it's risen up quite a bit. I think it opened at 54 and it's now at 58. I still like the over. So like you said, uh, Alabama, they're missing uh, a couple defensive starters. And I mean, their defense uh, for a lot of the season wasn't really impressive to begin with. It's not your typical Nick Saban defense. 
And I was really impressed with Mac uh, with their backup quarterback Mac Jones against Auburn. And I like Tua's Tua Tiger Below is obviously much better, but I didn't think that there was that big of a drop off from Tua to Mac. And th- and with the receivers all seemingly playing, I, I think that th- that they're going to definitely get theirs against Michigan. And with Michigan, I mean, you think uh, like really strong defense, but I mean, they allowed 56 to Ohio State, they allowed 35 to Wisconsin, they allowed 28 to Penn State they've been vulnerable against really good offenses so far this season. And so, and with Michigan, I just think on the offensive side that they've been throwing the ball a lot more and they have really talented wide receivers. So I think that they'll be able to score points. So I think that the over for me is the best play in this game. Well, and that is an action junkies dream, just taking an over in this game. And when look at this, I was thinking, can I see Alabama losing three games this season? And the answer to me was no. It doesn't mean that I want to be on one of these sides, but that's one of the things going on in my mind is, oh, what's the motivation factor for Alabama in this game? But at the same time, they're not a lose three games program. Yeah, and I mean, of course, you have the the Jim Harbaugh against good teams narrative going for you. But it's just going to be really interesting to see that Alabama playing in a non-playoff game, what their motivation level is. And I think that this is another one to attack live. I really think bowl games in general are, are, are a good area to ta- attack live because I think you can judge by like the first quarter whether or not a team's mentally in it or not. And if it's not, then fade them like really quickly. And so I think with this, this game that you'll be able to tell. But yeah, for, for me, like I, I like the over, but I, I do think Alabama wins this game too. All right, let's head to the Rose Bowl. We got Wisconsin laying three, taking on Oregon over under in this one, 51. And the big thing that stands out to me, Oregon's D is very good against the run, which is the strength for Wisconsin. Oregon seven and six against the spread. Wisconsin eight and five. Oregon coming off the huge win versus Utah. Wisconsin coming off the loss to Ohio State. And these defenses are both very good in this game, ninth and 10th best in the nation. What are your thoughts? So Oregon looked really, really impressive against Utah. And Utah has an outstanding running back at their own in Zach Moss. But Utah's offensive line had a lot of questions heading into the season. And, and sure enough, that unit was exposed against Oregon. I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau was in the backfield every other play. And Wisconsin has a much stronger offensive line than Utah does. So I think that Wisconsin's actually going to have more success running the ball against Oregon. And, and I mean, Zach Moss even got over 100 rushing yards against uh, Oregon, despite the negative game script with Oregon getting out to such a big lead. Uh, I also think that Wisconsin's offense is much more balanced than in previous seasons. That Jack Cohn, he had uh, seven, he completed 70% of his throws, and he's definitely a threat to make some plays. And Oregon's defense, they did a really nice job against Utah, but there were also some games where the defense was exposed against pretty good Pac-12 offenses, uh, specifically Washington State, where Oregon should have probably lost that game in Austin, and then the Arizona State loss, where the Sun Devils put up 30-plus uh, points there too. So Oregon's defense was much better in the first half of the season than the second half of the season, and I think that they're in for a tough challenge against Wisconsin. And with Wisconsin's defense, I mean, I'm a big fan of Jim Leonard. I, I love the job that he's done there as a, as a defensive coordinator. And Oregon's offense, even though their offensive coordinator, um, Marcus Arroyo, just got hired to be a head coach, they've been a really inconsistent unit this year, particularly running the ball. Uh, and then uh, with uh, Justin Herbert, 
he's had a lot of injured receivers and tight ends. Jacob Freeland's out for the year uh, and throughout the season. And Micah Pittman, they're a really good freshman wideout, might be back for this game. So that's a plus. But I think that Wisconsin should be able to handle uh, Oregon's offense as well. So I actually like the Badgers um, at, at a field goal price. And the Pac-12 hasn't really been that impressive to me so far this bowl season. I think that there are still more opportunities to fade the Pac-12, particularly Utah and Arizona State. But I think that Wisconsin's the side here. For me, I actually put down an Oregon Moneyline bet uh, yesterday for this. So looking at it, I see it relatively two even teams right there. And I like what I've seen uh, most recently out of Oregon. Sometimes I don't have to overthink things. Sometimes uh, for me, with the number being three, uh, I believe more in the opportunity for the outright win than the spread coming in there. Uh, but obviously this is a very close game because there's only a three-point spread. So moving on to the last game we're going to jam about, the Sugar Bowl. We got Georgia laying five and a half, taking on Baylor over under. Just a teeny-weeny 41. <laughs> Baylor coming in nine and four against the spread on the season. Very impressive. Georgia just seven and six. Baylor has covered five in a row. Georgia coming off a loss to LSU. Baylor coming off a loss to Oklahoma. And the big thing here, DeAndre Swift, is he going to play or not? Looks like he's going to be a game-time decision. And you keep hearing motivation factor for Georgia because they had aspirations for winning the national title. I had a Georgia future bet on them winning the title. That didn't happen. There's an opportunity for them to be missing several key players. But I think one thing on the motivation factor is actually the opposite side for Kirby Smart. How do they want to end this year again? Because it seems the last few years it's been a little bit disappointment. Oh, we didn't get what we want, so maybe we're just not going to show up. Well, that doesn't sit well with fans of major programs like Georgia. What are your thoughts on this game? So this is actually a game where I'm probably going to attack live just because I want to see how Georgia fares in the beginning. But you're right. I mean, Georgia, I mean, they laid a total egg against Texas last year, and they're in a similar situation this year. And it's like, do you want to really be known as the team that doesn't give it their all once their season's in the fold? And I, I don't think that, that, that that's how Georgia wants to be thought of. Uh, I mean, and besides DeAndre Swift, I mean, they're missing so many players in this game. I mean, they're, they're missing a couple wideouts. Uh, they're missing three offensive linemen, including Andrew Thomas, their left tackle, who's projected to be a first-round pick. And even if, even if Georgia, like, gives it their all, I just think they're going to have a lot of trouble scoring. I mean, this wasn't an explosive offense to begin with. They're missing so many key players. Baylor's defense is, is definitely legitimate. And so I think the, the line was seven, seven and a half, and it's now at five and a half. And with the total at 41, I, I think that points are going to be at a premium here as well. So I do lean Baylor five and a half just because I'll, I really like the points here in a low scoring game. And I, and I trust Charlie Brewer to make some plays as well, but live, I think if I can get Baylor back over a touchdown, maybe even 10, 10 and a half of Georgia, like gets a touchdown or 10 points early, like that's going to be something that I'm going to be looking at just because even if Georgia's motivated, I think this is going to be a low scoring game. These teams have played a lot of physical battles this year and, and Baylor, like you, you think, high-scoring offense, but that's not the case under Matt Rule. This is a physical team as well, and, and they played a lot of low-scoring games this season too. Yeah, and, and I totally agree with you. And what I'm always looking for is depending on what side I want to be on, who scores first. So in this instance, let's say Georgia scores a touchdown. Boom, that's your opportunity because sometimes when, you've, when you're not getting the best number, so in this instance with Baylor, 
with the number continuing to go down. You're like, man, I would have loved to have gotten this at seven and a half. Well, there's your opportunity there. You just need to be a little bit more aware of things. So I really like your mindset uh, coming into how you're approaching this. So to recap our picks, for me, the only one I've got rocking right now is Oregon Moneyline. But like you, Max, my goal is to live bet many of these to see where can I get a better number? Where is there an opportunity? Things like that. What's a quick recap on your end? So I'll go with the Alabama-Michigan over, which is currently at 58. Uh, I like Wisconsin minus three. I think that they handle Oregon. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> it looks nah, like we'll against each other. And then for leans, like I, I definitely lean Baylor, but I'm going to be def I'm going to be looking to grab them live at, at over a touchdown if I if I can get it. Max, I love jamming with you about college football. Where can everybody connect with you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at the Max Meyer, or uh, if you go to si.com/gambling, you can see a lot of uh what we've been doing over there. And unfortunately, I'll have to wait till next season for the next round of college football picks. But it's college basketball season, so there's nothing to fret about after uh, LSU and, and Clemson square off in New Orleans. And I want to hear from you. What is going to be on your New Year's Day college football card? You can hit me up on Twitter, at Rob Cressy, and make sure to use hashtag Sharp600 and be part of our community. And also, we'd love when you show us some love by subscribing, rating, review on iTunes, because when you do, we will give you a shout-out on the show. Also, make sure to check into Bet America for the $1,000 risk-free bets. And remember, if you want to be a sharp, don't be a square with your bankroll. Be disciplined with your money management.